0: Anthony poured wine, beer, brandy. I reached for my liquor permit, the one issued in South Africa, to natives who qualify for two bottles per month. I put my permit on the table and I drowned its conscience in English beer. Hello and welcome to another episode of COVID in Africa, a podcast looking at the continental response to COVID-19, where we pursue the systemic and underreported issues underlying the coronavirus crisis and how it's changing people's behaviours and attitudes on the continent. In this episode, we will travel to Dakar, Senegal, to learn more about the country's response to COVID-19.
1: Right now, we have two colleagues they are in the hotel, but they they, they have just the, the virus.
0: We will also look at the impact of COVID-19 on alcohol consumption in South Africa.
2: The doctor can't leave the pangamen for COVID-19 before he stabilizes the pangamen. You are dividing the resources you do not have. Close the trauma units through closing of
0: alcohol. I'm your host, J.D. Ramalab. The month of June started on a high note for South Africans who'd been forced into involuntary sobriety for two months under lockdown. Government lifted COVID-19 restrictions from level 4 to 3, allowing the sale and purchase of alcoholic beverages between 9am and 6pm. People came out in their droves singing a popular traditional wedding song demanding that bottle stores open their doors so they could enter. Others brought brass bands and danced as they entered liquor stores to purchase their favorite drinks. Inside one bottle store, a security guard was handcuffed to a steel pole as he was too drunk to be of use to anyone. At another bottle store, the first person to purchase and drink his first beer was applauded as he rushed out of the store to the safety of his home. It was bewildering and humorous to watch all the ways in which people were celebrating alcohol on the different social platforms. But one person who was not having a laugh was the Economic Freedom Fighters Commander-in-Chief, Julius Malema, leader of the third largest political party in South Africa.
2: There's no one, no one who can say on a stage a dignified person the president of the republic, a minister, a CEO of a bank, chartered accountant, a lawyer, can't stand in front of us and say, I am what I am because of alcohol. Alcohol contributes nothing. EFF must not be shaken about it when it pronounces itself on alcohol.
0: His comments, though, were a far cry from his earlier confessions of his love for beer, Back when he was the leader of the Youth League of the ruling party, the ANC, when drinking Hanukkah was equivalent to being a man. When drinking Hanukkah, beer did not preclude him from a position of leadership in the party.
2: You know, I was very thin. Mm. And uh, it's not food which made me fat. When we're in Kosa's, leadership. We used to stay by ourselves here in Johannesburg. So there was a beer introduced called heineken So it was like a status to drink, uh, you know, heineken It's like you're a man. So you drank a lot. So of Manic- we bought, you know, every time we see uh, piles of heineken in our room, it was like very nice. So we drank a lot of that thing. And that mold disfigured us.
0: Okay? I- so you got a beer, Bob?
2: Hey, that beer finished me. And since that time I said it no more. Disfigured. No. disfigured. Disfigured. Because we were, so we're home drunk. with face and not always drunk. I mean after work we'll drink.
0: Julius Malema lost a lot of weight since the exclusive interview. With ETV News' Deborah Pater. he is now also on a vociferous campaign against alcohol consumption and the negative consequences that come with it.
2: This alcohol is going to occupy hospitals. There won't be space for COVID-19 patients. There won't be. In the trauma unit, when we talk about sharing of resources, people think we are talking money. We don't have doctors. In the trauma unit A person comes in there He's got a panga on his head A doctor is called To come and Attend to this person While the doctor is still stabilizing this, The drunkard with a panga on his head A COVID-19 Critical COVID-19 patient Needs attention Of the doctor The doctor can't leave the panga man For COVID-19 before he stabilizes The panga man So you are dividing the resources you do not have. Close the trauma units through closing of alcohol.
0: 24 hours later, officials at South Africa's largest hospital, Chris Hani Baragwanath, reported that trauma cases had almost doubled. Hospital officials said many of the patients were drunk, while others had gunshot and general assault wounds. This iconic song about African beer, Ong produced in the late 80s, catapulted its singer Yvonne Chaka Chaka to stardom across the continent, eventually earning her the name Princess of Africa. The song demonstrated how much Africans loved their beer, traditionally made from maize, maize malt, sorghum malt, yeast and water. Gomboti was an integral part of African culture, made and consumed during important ceremonies, births, deaths, weddings, and such like. It was mostly drunk by men. But beer and alcohol consumption in South Africa has a deeper and nefarious connection with our colonial past. Colonists, especially in the mines and the vineyards of the Western Cape, routinely used alcohol as a way of retaining as many of their workers as possible. They built specialized beer halls and made sure that mine workers would spend what little money they had earned on drinking government-sanctioned beer. Because home brews were illegal, that they would have little option but to go back to work instead of returning to their homelands. In the Western Cape, many farm workers were paid with leftover wine instead of a living wage. When the apartheid government came into power in the 1940s, they made alcohol consumption for black Africans even more difficult by giving certain individuals limited permits to buy particular alcoholic drinks, while making the sale of umgomboti illegal, only permitting the consumption of government-produced sorghum, colloquially called imbamba, because it disfigured those who drank the beer. In short, South Africans have a complicated history with alcohol. which is why when South African jazz pianist, composer and journalist Todd Machigiza finally made his escape to England in the 1960s, being able to drink without a permit was a privilege worth writing home about. And I quote, Anthony poured wine, beer, brandy. I reached for my liquor permit, the one issued in South Africa to natives who qualify for two bottles per month. I put my permit on the table, and I drowned its conscience in English beer. Close quote. Todd Machigiza in his 1961 memoir, Chocolates for My Wife. Early in the week, I sat down with TFM television journalist Ibrahim Magan. Who has been presenting a daily coronavirus update program called Miroir COVID 19 to catch up on Senegal's approach to COVID 19? Our conversation started in English, then Ibrahima answered questions in French later on.
1: Dakar represents 80% of all cases.
0: Wow. And you had some of your colleagues affected? Of
1: course, yeah. Right now, we have. Two two colleagues, they are in the hotel. It's not uh, too bad for them. They are good, they feel good, but they they, they have just the, the virus. But they are ah. fine. Yesterday night, I talked to a former colleague who told me he was controlled positive to coronavirus since 10, years, 10, 10 days ago. For him also, <laughs> everything is fine. We talked about uh, around 10 minutes yesterday, he was laughing, joking, and he said, no, I'm
0: fine. Since the outbreak of the coronavirus, Senegal has recorded more than 3,800 cases of coronavirus infections, with close to 2,000 recoveries and 45 deaths. Like with many West African countries, Senegal has been able to contain the virus through contact tracing via mobile phones, monitoring the public's temperatures and isolating those found with a fever, making the wearing of masks mandatory, closing schools, testing everyone who stepped into public hospitals, and instructing the public to social distance without instituting a wholesale economic shutdown. Ibrahim Akan says people have been very compliant with public health directives.
3: Les Senegalais
4: en majorité
3: The majority of Senegalese people are complying with the instructions of health officials. But there are always those people who don't wear masks, who don't know that they are obliged to wear masks. People are also trying to socially distance, but the virus transmission is spreading fast because there is a high concentration of people here in Dakar, as the capital city of Senegal.
0: Senegalese scientists have also been working in partnership with a British biotech company to develop a 10-minute rapid detection COVID-19 testing kit that could be available by early
4: June.
3: One issue that got Senegal talking is the case of a patient that went to the centre called Dantec. The guy was not suffering from COVID-19. After that, they wanted to test everyone to see if the virus had spread. Subsequently, 10 doctors tested positive. The media reported on it. Tests were done again for the second time and the same people all tested negative. People told the government to explain. Health ministry said mistakes were made but the Institute Pasteur said it has never issued any statements to confirm that these dogs were COVID positive. Since the confusion, many people are wondering whether the figures supplied by the government every day of infected people are true. Some people suggest that all the positive cases must be tested for the second time to see if it'll match these figures.
4: <laughs> Quand même.
0: Senegal's president, Sall's brother, also made headlines when he and his second wife tested positive for the novel
4: coronavirus.
3: He himself revealed the news. The president's brother, Alou tested positive for coronavirus yesterday. It was surprising news for everyone caught the virus through the driver of his second family. That's how he got the virus. He also infected his second wife and some of his children. But for the moment, the situation is stable.
0: This week, the country was forced to delay opening up schools after 10 teachers tested positive for the virus in the Casamance region. The country has also extended curfews and COVID-19 measures as medical officials saw a spike in the number of people testing positive for COVID-19. And that's all we have time for on COVID in Africa this week, a podcast brought to you by Sound Africa. Don't forget to tune in to a rebroadcast of our show on Radio Miraya in Juba, South Sudan every Tuesday evening right after the 8pm news. As always, we welcome your feedback on all our episodes, so please do get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at www.soundafrica.org. We'd love to hear from you. Reporting in this episode was done by Ibrahim Akan in Dakar, Senegal. Story editing was done by Brittany Kesselman. Sound editing was done by Rasmus Bits. Music is Ungomboti by Yvonne Chakachaga, including King Kong and Unsindo by Todd Machigmisa. I'm Jedi Ramelapa. merci beaucoup, muito obrigado, shukran jazilin, asante sana, bayadangi, and gosi. Thank you for listening, stay safe and sound.